We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is November 27th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, the Magic have now won, is it six in a row? Seven in a row? Seven. Seven in a row. I'm losing You're count. You're losing count. I'm losing count of all these wins. It feels good. This is the longest win streak in the history of the six-man show. The longest win streak sure. that we've ever had the, the pleasure of talking about. And we're having a lot of fun right now, man. How are you? How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was great. You and I got to partake in another magic game together so that was special the uh the in-season tournament game against the boston celtics go this game on sunday obviously against the hornets it is going to be honestly terrible having to wait two more days of no games and go and have to you know obviously play washington on wednesday but yeah, that that's going to be an adjustment for me. I'm not gonna. I'm not really looking forward to waiting these next couple of days for a Magic game to happen. But it, uh, it listen, and the, it, it's all killing me because you just want to know: Are the Magic going to extend the win streak? And uh, listen, I started thinking reckless. I was like looking up the the longest win streak ever in the NBA. I knew that the Heat had that 27 gamer in what 2011, 12 or something. And then I think the the record was like the Lakers and maybe 69 of like 33 in a row. Who knows? You know, maybe the Magic are feeling dangerous. Maybe we win 34 in a row. At this point, you can't convince me this team ever loses. Well, yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. Well, However, that's just your attitude, but whatever. The the franchise. No, let's not. Well, we're not going to talk about <laughs> attitudes today. OK, you were trying to convince me earlier today we were losing to Charlotte. All right. Back, back uh, it up. I no, said it wasn't going to be. I didn't think it was going to be as easy as anticipated. It ended up being uh, as easy as anticipated, but I don't. I don't anticipate difficulties of of wins. I just just win. I don't care if it's by one or if it's by a million. The Magic are winning games. Sure, there's going to be some things that we can complain about from you know some of these wins. But if the the streak keeps going, 
I'll, I'll find a way to, to sleep at night. Nobody worry about that. We're not going to get to 33, maybe, who knows. But mm-hmm. we are closing in on nine, which is the franchise record. We'll talk about the, the two games coming up against Washington. They're able to take care of those. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you've got a game, I think it's Sunday, against Brooklyn. That could potentially be a, a franchise you know, record-setting night. I saw something on, on X earlier. Someone was doing this, right? Someone was speculating, and I loved their reply to someone else, right? Like, so they say basically what you're saying, right? They, they start dreaming about the win streak and a few games into the future. And someone was like, hey, man, one game at a time. And the guy replies, and he's like, I'm a fan, not a player. I can do this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we see, we hear that so much. One, just, just take it one game at a time. It Listen. That doesn't matter for us. We can dream and we can look ahead. We can do whatever. I could go down the down to see who our thirty fourth game in a row to win to make the streak for the NBA win streak is going to be against. For all that matters, we we all we do is show up and we cheer on our team. And all Jonathan and I do is record twice weekly, bring you guys content. Kevin Kellen with post game live. We got Ben with the six fan show. That's all our jobs are as fans. It's just to have fun. And it is so fun to look ahead right now and enjoy the win streak, but also dream a little bit. It's like, oh man, who would the tenth win be against? And it's like, oh man, it would be poetic if it came against Brooklyn, who beat us by twenty in the in season tournament, and all of that to follow. Man, it is a fun time right now. It certainly is. Let's talk about a couple of things, Luke, before we talk a Magic basketball. So next episode of the Six Fan Show is coming up this Friday, December first, when the Magic take on the Wizards. Ben will be outside of Amway after the game. He was outside of Amway Friday after the Celtics win, and it was electric. That was the best six-fan show that we've had so far. If you haven't checked that out, please go to our YouTube and, and check that out. It was just, it was so much fun. And we'll, I mean, we'll keep talking about this Celtics game for, for a bit here, but it was just a blast. So the next one, if you want to be a part of the next one, is going to be Friday, December 1st, after the Magic play the Washington Wizards. Uh, we get asked, uh, literally every single game now if we're doing a watch party if you're listening to the show we would love to do watch parties for every single game but we're really only doing watch parties for select away games so uh, if the magic are playing at home the the answer to are we doing a watch party is is no but our next watch party uh, officially at least is going to be december 15th when the magic play the celtics again Uh, this time we're going to be at castaway sports bar and grill at 504 north alafaya trail that party's going to get kicked off around 7.30. That game will start at 8 o'clock. So again, December 15th, Castaways Sports Bar and Grill, 504 North Alafaya Trail, 7.30. Now we are going to pot- potentially, 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 possibly have an in-season tournament quarterfinal watch party depending on how the in-season tournament goes for the Magic. That would be either December 4th or December 5th, I believe, that's going to be next Monday or next Tuesday. So that's all the details that we can give you all right now is there will possibly be an in-season tournament quarterfinal watch party for the Magic next Monday or next Tuesday. We have to see what happens with the rest of the groups and the rest of the in-season tournament to find out if and when the Magic will play. And then we need to find out where that watch party is going to be. So just keep those dates circled on your calendar. And as soon as we have information, I promise, We will get it to you all on our social media accounts. If you're looking for like instant news in that regard, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It'll all be up there. 
We are going to do uh, another playback on Tuesday. You might be, be like, oh, wow, the Magic don't even play Tuesday. What are we doing on playback? The in-season tournament for the Magic is really going to come down to Tuesday night. There's two uh, big matchups in East Group C. It's going to be the Bulls at the Celtics and then the Raptors at the Nets. Both of those games are potentially going to mean a lot to the Magic. If the Raptors beat the Nets, Bulls at Celtics isn't going to matter. The Magic are going to be moving on. Now, those games are starting at 7.30. We're going to do the playback at 9 o'clock to watch most of the second half of those games to see just you know how much they, they will really um, you know, affect the magic and, and moving on or, or not moving on. We're going to talk about the in-season tournament scenarios in a couple of minutes here, Luke, after we talk about the Celtics game. But Tuesday is going to be a, a big night for whether or not the magic are able to advance. I, for one, can't wait for that just to see it. I think and I've wavered a lot on thoughts with the in-season tournament, and I'll keep this brief so I we love can move it. on. But I really, I'm I'm in. I was not like obviously after the Brooklyn loss, I was like, mm, like I don't care how far we go or whatever. But now that it's become like more of a reality that this team could do the you know go to Vegas and and play meaningful basketball games in that way against potentially just like young and hungry teams. You've got the Pacers who are what three and zero or four and zero and look like they're going to take their group, and you could that could be a potential matchup. Like there are just some fun matchups for this team rematches in that pacer in the light of that pacers matchup there there's a lot of fun stuff that can happen once you get there so i didn't think i cared at the end of the day i really do just care about like win loss record for this team and what it means but the confidence that it would bring for these guys to go to vegas in general be one of those teams out there and then to get a potentially a win or more out there i think it just does worlds uh, of of things for their confidence so I, I'm I'm all on board with uh, on Tuesday night. It is going to be a big night. Hopefully, the scenarios turn out in our favor. I'm on board with the in-season tournament. I was talking to somebody about this today who is sort of like a casual NBA fan and was asking about the in-season tournament. And in my opinion, like all of the games have been like super competitive. Like guys want to win. Like it's you know it's a, a special night. For the NBA around the league, a lot of these games are, are coming down to the wire and, and guys really want to win these games and the, the games are getting chippy. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And even if the Magic just end up you know winning their group and maybe they don't advance too much further, I think they certainly can. I mean, you beat Denver in, in Boston in consecutive games. You beat Boston at home in the in-season tournament. At this point, I really think this team can beat anybody on, on any given night, if I'm being perfectly honest. But just advancing from a group that has four other you know, potential playoff teams in it in Toronto, Boston, uh, Brooklyn, well, Chicago. Chicago you know. Well, at least to start the year, we thought that they would be. Right. You know what I mean? So to look at these teams who a few weeks, a week, a few weeks ago you viewed as peers and now you're like, okay, we, we actually might be on a different level than some of these teams. And especially if you're able to, to advance again in a group that has Boston in it. I think that alone is going to give this team a, a lot of confidence. So Tuesday is really going to be super important. And we'll talk more about the fine details of that in a couple of minutes after we talk about the Celtics game. Well, Luke, let's talk the state of the Magic. So this week, the Magic 4-0, baby, wins over Toronto, Denver, Boston, and Charlotte. They currently sit second in the Eastern Conference with a record of 12-5. and They're tied with Milwaukee, uh, but the Magic uh, do hold the, the tiebreaker there, the head-to-head, -head, so they are right now uh, second 
in the Eastern Conference. They're a half game up on Philadelphia, two games up on Indiana and Miami. The Magic are now 15th in the NBA in offensive rating with a rating of 112.6. They're third in the NBA in defensive rating with a rating of 107. And they are fifth in the NBA in net rating with a net rating of 5.6. Well, can you say the offensive rating one more time? 112.6. And that's good for what? That is good for 15th in the NBA. Crazy. Considering a week we ago when we did this, the Magic were 25th in offensive yeah. rating. So you jumped 10 spots. The last uh, a week ago, they were fifth in the Eastern Conference. They are now second in the Eastern Conference. I think they were ninth in net rating, and now they're fifth. What a difference uh, an undefeated, undefeated week makes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Taking a quick glance at the injury report, uh, Markel Fultz has now missed the last nine games with left knee tendonitis. Wendell Carter Jr. has missed the past 12 games with the fractured third metacarpal in his left hand. We've now passed the three-week point of like reevaluation haven't really gotten any you know, other news about Wendell. He still, I believe, has the the wrap on his hand. Yeah. When it happened initially, Luke, like we talked about, like we probably won't see him until around Christmas. So we're we're just about four weeks, I think, since that happened. So, you know, six to eight weeks for a broken bone seems about right. So I would guess sometime around Christmas, maybe a little bit after, we'll see Wendell's return. And then uh, J.I. missed Sunday's game against the Charlotte Hornets with a sore left ankle. I think it was the third quarter on Friday. Uh, Al Horford tripped and, and fell backwards on a J.I.'s ankle. J.I. goes down, and Amway, you and I were there. Amway just went completely silent. Mm. Almost the entire team comes out onto the floor because everybody knows like this could be. We, we've seen this happen you know, before with J.I., and it you know, can just be devastating but after a minute or so popped back up jog, jogged back to the bench was hyping up the rest of the crowd and uh but yeah he was not on the injury report going into sunday's game against charlotte and then uh in pre-game was going through like some agility drills with arnie kander and then was basically ruled out of the game jason Beatty from the orlando sentinel after the game on sunday asked jamal mosley about it and he said it's basically just like a precautionary thing so uh, hopefully, you know, J.I. will be back on, on Wednesday. He came back in that game on Friday, by the way, uh, to finish and close out the game. So that was a really good sign. Uh, but obviously, with J.I.'s injury history, Luke, just want to be a little bit precautious there. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this Celtics game, man. I'm still buzzing, flying high off that win, off the, the Charlotte win. Seven wins in a row now. Just to paint the picture of how like important this game was for the Magic, just to sort of get you back into the mindset of this game on Black Friday. So you were 2-1 and one in the in-season tournament. You, you lost to Brooklyn. You beat Chicago. You beat Toronto. And if you beat the Celtics, that was going to put you in a really good position to potentially move on and advance from East Group C. You beat Denver on Wednesday, the second night of a back-to-back. One of the most emotional wins in the last decade to the point, Luke, where like as excited I, as I was for like that Celtics game, like it, it wasn't as easy to like get up for, I think, as a fan. And I think the players experienced this as well. I think the first quarter um, was indicative of that. Like after such an emotional win like that, it's, it's hard to, to get right back up to that level, so to speak. And there was so much green in the building, like at certain points it felt like it was maybe like 
60 40 magic fans mm-hmm. maybe maybe close to 50 50 i really don't know there was a lot of a lot of green in the building but going into this game it was undoubtedly one of the magic's biggest regular season games of the last decade and I, right before tip off i told you like i'm ready to vomit like i was so mm-hmm. nervous i wanted them to win this game so badly let's talk about this game jalen brown goes off in the first quarter 12 points for the celtics magic had eight first quarter turnovers and they shot 38% in the first. Uh, nine to nothing free throws in favor of Boston in the first quarter. Officiating in this game, not exactly equal. Uh, they had an 11-point deficit in the first half. Uh, Cole Anthony, by the way, three of nine in the first half. Really, really rough uh, first half for him. There was a tie game with five minutes, eight seconds left in the first half. Boston ends the first half on a 16-8 run. Magic were down eight at the half. Um, with about a minute 40 left in the second quarter, minute 40 left in the, the first half, Jalen Brown is driving to the lane. We're about to talk about our, our jam of the week here. This is officially the jam of the week. Jalen Brown drives to the middle of the floor. Jalen Suggs strips him, ends up in Joe Ingles' hand. He dishes it to Franz. Franz dribbles the length of the floor, throws the lob up to Cole Anthony over Derek White. Place just absolutely erupts. Magic are still down at this point. But it was it was a big moment for the Magic. Celtics fans were pretty loud in that first half, and the Magic fans were doing a good job of trying to drown them out when they could. But I think this was like from this point forward, Boston really the the fans weren't really that much of a of a factor in my opinion. I expected them to be so much louder, but this was just a disgusting lob to Cole again over Derek White, our jam of the week. Yeah, jam hot chicken, Jonathan. Real quick. Um, a lot of you guys know by now, and if you're a first-time listener, you're about to learn, located at 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 at Hannibal Square there in Winter Park, Jam the Hot Chicken is bringing jams, culture, and hot chicken to the heart of Winter Park. You and I both got to experience Jam Hot Chicken here last week as well at different times on Friday. My wife got to experience it for the first time. Uh, your brother got to experience it for the first time. Just both of them gave raving reviews. Lauren can't, could not stop talking about the quality of the chicken. If you guys are in the area, please go check out Jam Hot Chicken. Let them know we sent you. They are great people, big Magic fans, and they do a heck of a job over there. My brother's a chef of like 20 plus years. He said it was one of the best chicken sandwiches he's ever had. I go. think I met four listeners uh, that were there before the game on Friday. None of them have had it, and they were all just like, this is absolutely fantastic. Like one dude... Uh, Andy that I was talking to drove up from Bradenton, I believe. And he like we're in like mid conversation. He's like, I just have to stop and say like this chicken sandwich is fantastic. So we're not we're not lying, folks. Like, please go ahead and, and try jam hot chicken. So after the Cole Anthony lob, Jalen Brown is coming down the other end of the floor, says something to a ref, gets teed up. Almost immediately after, Paolo Bancaro says something to the ref. He gets teed up. Celtics are coming the other way. Jason Tatum gets an open dunk, hangs on the rim for like a split second too long. In my opinion, should not have been a tech. I bring this up to say there were three technical fouls in this game within 41 seconds to close the first half. It was just completely ridiculous. And then Cole Anthony tweaks the left ankle with 14 seconds left. Took him a long time to get up. He's hopping on one leg to the other end of the floor. He hops on one leg to go to the locker room at halftime, and we're like, man, we don't know if Cole Anthony is going to be able to go in the second half. He comes out uh, to warm up before the second half begins. We see him 
going through drills with Arnie Kander and uh, one of the other trainers. And you can just tell Cole Anthony is in a lot of pain. Like every time he goes to push off that left ankle, like he's grimacing in pain. We weren't sure if he was going to play at that point. He goes to the end of the bench, sits for a couple of minutes. I think just like ties up his, his shoelaces a bit tighter and then goes to the end of the bench and stands for like the next five or six minutes until he checks back into the game. So just absolutely like warrior performance from Cole Anthony was great in the second half. Uh, the Celtics in the second half matched their largest lead of the game. They take a 12-point lead with 9 minutes, 41 seconds left in the third. The Magic then over the next 4 minutes and 10 seconds go on a 17 to nothing run, take a 5-point lead, and never really look back. Sam Hauser hits a 3 to make it 89-81 to Orlando with 8.24 to go. And this is, Luke, where I'm like, all right, we're coming down the stretch of this game. That's a big three. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are about to take over this game. Let's see what the Magic are made of. Like, And we've talked about this in the last several pods. That is a moment in this game, in that scenario, where the Magic in recent years would start to crumble. Mm-hmm. Eight-point lead. The Magic go on a six-to-nothing run to give themselves a 14-point lead. Franz makes a layup with six minutes, 50 seconds to go. That's when Al Horford falls um, on J.I.'s leg. So I guess it was in the fourth quarter, not the third. Hmm. But J.I. comes back into this game uh, to, to finish it out. And then the Magic outscore Boston 18-13 the final eight minutes. Magic win 113-96 for their sixth win in a row. Everybody in Amway is going crazy as you're walking on the concourse out of the building, Luke. We've got the Let's Go Magic chance. Down the escalator, we've got the Let's Go Magic chance. We get out to the six fan show, we've got the Let's Go Magic chance. Everybody's going crazy. Massive win. So proud of the Magic in this one. And there's a lot to take from it. There's a lot to take from it, and it's a lot of good. And it just continues to kind of really be the theme, which is that the Magic aren't letting other teams just determine how they play. The Magic, like you said, they lose that first quarter, 30-19. to 19. At that point, you're like, it's an 11-point lead, but I can see that this could get ugly. If, you know, with, with Boston, you had a lot of good things clicking for them early. They're up 30-19. to 19. The Magic, best second quarter team in the league to this point. They win the second quarter 29-26. And then you're like, all right, let's see. It seems like there has been a shift in the terms of their second half approach as of late. They're hitting shots. They're not tightening up. The ball's not just sticking. They're not just sticking to ISO in the second halves anymore. Let's see if it's for real. And then to go and play the way you play in that second half against Boston defensively, using that calling card that has been this, you know, been the case for the Magic this whole season, especially in this win streak, you score 65 points in that second half, and Boston scores 40. Just an incredible defensive performance from this team to just dig your heels in and get it done and to not stray away from how your brand of basketball is supposed to be played. You shoot only 28 three-pointers, completely fine. Boston, who is among the most, the highest volume three-point shooting team in the league with almost 43, they are second in the league. In this one, Boston shoots 29, which is surprising because if you're losing, a lot of times teams, especially three-point teams, good three-point shooting teams, just start chucking threes to get back in. But I think the Magic 
just did such a great job defensively that Boston wasn't in many spots to take those threes. They kept trying to go to the paint and the Magic were walling off in the paint as well. The Magic in the paint becoming another big calling card for this team. 60 points to 40 points in the paint for Leonardo Magic. The bench, once again, incredible in this one. Moritz Wagner led the charge in that. 27 points for Moritz Wagner. Fourth. He just continues to be just a spark plug for this team. And we knew that he was capable of it last year. He did this a few different times. But it's becoming more common, and he's just stepping up to the call. It is awesome to watch Moritz Wagner on the basketball court. And I didn't think I'd ever take this much joy in watching Mo Wagner play basketball. Around the rim, it's automatic. I, I I just still can't get over it. And it seems to be like, this is just how he's playing now. This is Moritz Wagner basketball. Really efficient around the rim. He's like, I don't remember. I think I sent it to you guys earlier in the group chat. He's like top 10 or something or top 15 and finishing around the rim and efficiency this year. I want to say it's top 10. And it's a lot of really great like centers that very much only take shots around the rim. And that is their thing. Moritz Wagner has asserted himself into that conversation of being the, one of the most efficient players around the rim in the NBA. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's pretty fantastic. Talk back to your point about you know the magic in, in second quarters. It is laughable how much better the magic are in the second quarter versus the rest of the league, Luke. So second in the league in net rating in second quarters are the Phoenix Suns with a fourteen point two. You want to guess where the magic are net rating in second quarters? Who, Phoenix is second at fourteen point two. Just take a guess. Uh, I'll say the magic. If it's oh, as outrageous as you're saying, 18? 23.8. That is so crazy. That's absolutely disgusting. That is so crazy. Almost I, 10 points better. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking. So that the gap between one and two for the magic and the, the Suns is the same between two and like 10. It's, it's just absolutely incredible. Talking about the Magic being better in second halves as of late, talked before the win streak, really, about how the Magic were 29th in the league in net rating in the second half. The last seven games during this streak, the Magic are 14th in the NBA. It's not perfect, 
but at least they're getting there. And I talked about this after the the Celtics game and the little you know post game hits that we do. Down the stretch of this game, I was not nervous. Like, yeah, mm. the Magic had a little bit of a lead to play with, but we've just seen these guys. We've seen Cole. We've seen Mo. We've seen Paolo. We've seen Franz. We've seen these guys. Just we've seen Jalen. We've seen these guys just take step after step and make play after play in these late game situations this year where I'm like, we, we've got guys now. Like we have guys that can just go out and make plays and win you games. And like, we're talking about at the beginning of the season, like, Hey, this team needs to learn how to win these close games. It took them what, like two weeks to do that. I'm not saying we're there, but we're a hell of a lot closer, you know, 17 games into the season than I thought we were going to be. I thought this was going to be like an all season long thing. And like the magic do enough to like get into the plane or, or make the playoffs. And then like the playoffs are like a real big, like, you know, learning experience for them. And now it's like the magic might just be an absolute, like great team at closing out games into February and March and like give somebody all they can handle in like a first round matchup in the, in the East. Well, the biggest thing has been okay the magic have been a good for like a very great first half team obviously as you said an incredible second quarter team the only the literal last piece of that puzzle to win these games that you feel like you should be winning is the second half and it's crazy that it seems that simple but the magic have just been a very good second half team as of late Obviously, in Boston, they win that second half. We'll talk about the Charlotte game, but spoiler alert, they won that second half. Denver game, they won that second half by 11 points because of that fourth quarter performance and how clutch it was with 42 fourth quarter points. They are figuring out how to win, and they are turning and shifting from being just a young team who has some stuff to figure it out to being a young team on the rise. This Magic team, we, we've done this every episode in this win streak, it feels like. But this, this ain't our Orlando Magic from five, six, seven years ago. It's Even different. two years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it's different. And, and this team is just, is, is just sticking to what they know. In the past, Magic teams would have tried to shoot themselves back into games. That Boston game, they didn't do that. Right, obviously you have big threes that shift momentum. That is just basketball, but to still go on and shoot below, like way below league average and three point attempts because it's simply not your game, and to demolish them in the paint, sixty to forty. That is that is growth, which mostly talks about all the time, and they are just continuing to become a very very good basketball team. Do you care at all that the Celtics didn't have Drew Holiday and didn't no. have? Porzingis for the fourth or no like the Hornets didn't have LaMelo in the second no. half tonight Mm-mm. no because guess what as you have we know, no sympathy we have no sympathy for these people that go through oh well they you know they don't have so-and-so Magic don't have Markel Fultz and, and Wendell Carter Jr. I don't care what you think it's about who also is coming in for them a rookie and Anthony Black and Gogo Pataze who struggled to play in Indiana that's who we're rolling with and we're we're still winning these games one thing that I am so proud of like Magic fans, like one thing that we never did last year or like any of the last several years is when we lose, going and saying, oh, we only lost to that team because we didn't have Markel or we didn't have 
J.I. or we didn't have you know whoever or Wendell or whoever it may be. Now, when people came for the magic and were like, oh, the magic sucked, that's when we're like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not bad. We're just critically injured, okay? <laughs> so now when teams come, like, oh, we don't have this guy. Like, we don't care, guys. Like, mm-hmm. if there is any fan base in the league that that will fall upon deaf ears with, it is the Orlando Magic. So do us all a favor. Please just save your breath. Luke, now what I want to talk about is some of these in-season tournament scenarios. So, yes, you have the loss to Brooklyn, but from that point, the Magic have taken care of business. You have the big win you know, against Chicago. You have the blowout over Toronto. You basically have a blowout over the Boston Celtics. It turned into to, to be that in the fourth quarter. Jalen Suggs, by the way, that three and then turning to the, you know, the Celtics fans and, and waving goodbye was one of the most fun moments of, of the past decade. Now, the Magic have done everything that they can do now. Nothing, everything else is out of their control. Let's talk about these in-season tournament scenarios and how the Magic uh, can clinch Group C and move on. So the Orlando Magic can clinch East Group C if one of the following occurs. A Brooklyn loss to Toronto on Tuesday or a Boston victory. So if, if Brooklyn wins and Boston wins, okay? And then if Orlando wins the tiebreaker over Brooklyn and over Boston. So what that means, folks. So let's talk about scenario A. Brooklyn loses Toronto. The Magic move on. Doesn't matter anything else that happens. That's scenario A. Okay, Toronto beats Brooklyn. If Toronto doesn't beat Brooklyn, now let's talk about scenario B. So if Toronto does not beat Brooklyn, we also need the Celtics to beat the Bulls. Then we need to win the tiebreakers over the Celtics and over the Nets. So since there would be three teams in East Group C at that point with three in one records, the head-to-head sort of gets thrown out of the window because Orlando has the tiebreaker over Boston. Boston has the tiebreaker over the Nets. The Nets have the tiebreaker over the Magic. So the head-to-head goes out of the window. It then goes to point differential. So right now, the Magic have the best point differential in East Group C with a plus 22. Next would be Brooklyn with a plus eight. And right now the Celtics are even. They have a zero point differential. So what we would need to happen, again, if Toronto does not beat Brooklyn on Tuesday, we need Brooklyn to beat Toronto by less than 14. And we need Boston to beat the Bulls by less than 23. If all of, or any of that happens, or all of that happens in either given scenario, Luke, then the Magic win East Group C and they will move on to the next round. Do you want to talk about that before we talk about the wild card? uh, No, I just am hoping that Toronto makes this easy on us and we don't have to be mathing that late into the night on Tuesday to figure out what is going on because it's a lot of things and especially with that in front of you. Listen, this is what what I'll say. You guys need to just go to NBA.com forward slash in dash season dash tournament slash 23 slash 20 slash standings. Okay. Go to that link and look at the table because it'll show you. You can see the point differential. It's got it nice laid out for you. The Magic plus 22. It's in green. The Celtics somehow are even at zero points in differential. And it, it lists it out and you can just say, okay, mathematically, if Toronto doesn't win, if Toronto beats Brooklyn, um, or if Toronto doesn't beat Brooklyn, sorry, then you can look at that and be like, 
which Boston and Brooklyn, what do they have to do to have a better differential than the Magic? I the the wild card, that's where my head really starts to hurt. Okay, so let's let's try to go through the wild card as well. So remember, folks, when we're talking about the in season tournament, there are three groups in each conference. So that's six teams total in the NBA. There is one wild card that will come out of each conference. So that will be a total of four teams from each conference, eight teams across the league. So the the group winners from East Group A, B, and C all advance. And then there will be one wild card who it will either be the 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 team with the the best record from the Eastern Conference in the group stage, or what is more likely going to be the team with the that finishes second in their group that has the best the best point differential out of all the teams that finish second in their group. <laughs> I know that's super confusing. So the Orlando Magic can clinch the wild card if one of the following scenarios occur. So this is going to be scenario A for the wild card. A Boston loss, a Cleveland loss, a Knicks loss, and a Miami loss. Okay, Boston loses, Cleveland loses, the Knicks lose, and Miami loses. That's scenario A. That's a heck of a parlay, by the way. Or Orlando finishes second in the group. So... Basically, Boston can win by 24. Toronto loses to Brooklyn by less than 14. Okay, so the Magic would win, would finish second in the group there, or the reverse scenario of that, where Brooklyn wins by more than 14. Boston loses, or <laughs> this is so confusing, or Boston wins by. 22 or less. Okay. So that would make the Magic finish second in the group. And then they have to win the tiebreaker over any second place team from other groups with a three and one record. So this from would be from the from the east. So so this could be it could be Cleveland. It could be Milwaukee. It could be the Knicks, the Heat, could be the Celtics or the Nets it would come down to point differential. So if the Magic finish second in the group, there's there's no other team. Like the best any team is going to finish in any of these other groups is three and one to be mm-hmm. second place. So at that point, the Magic would have to have a better point differential than those teams. Right now, out of teams that can finish second in their conference, except for the Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks have a crazy plus 39 point differential. Besides the Milwaukee Bucks, the Magic have a better point differential than all of the other teams that could finish second in the Eastern Conference. So the Magic have a, let me just break it down this way. The Magic have a pretty reasonable chance to advance in the in-season tournament. Vegas But it so. is confusing. Vegas thinks that the Magic have a decent chance, a very decent chance of winning their group. Is that even it? still up on Bovada? Because it's I not. checked it earlier today. And no. they had taken it down. Last night when I checked, the mm-hmm. Magic were the minus 400 favorites. Boston was like plus 400. I think Brooklyn was like plus 1,000 or something like that. The Magic were minus 400 betting favorites. That's a pretty heavy favorite to come out of East Group C at this point and not even have to worry about the wild card. The other thing I will say, which is you know funny to see at this point, they have the odds for the in-season tournament champion. 
when was the last time the Magic had 10th best odds to win any type of trophy in the NBA? They do right now. Magic. Well, are, I mean, there's only eight teams that are going to move on, so I, I guess that kind of makes sense, but there's still more, pretty More pretty than awesome. 10 on this list, so the Magic are plus 1,800, so you put a little 10 on it. Who Magic, are they above? They are above pretty much the teams you'd think. Houston, Miami, Cleveland. Ooh, I like th- I like that. Yeah, Houston, Miami, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Minnesota, Sixers, and the Hawks. They, some of those teams probably just have like harder routes yeah. to advance. Mm-hmm. You know, if if we make it to the stage, I'm sure those odds will adjust, and the Magic will probably be given like the eighth best odds. Yeah, you know, to to win the tournament at that point. But I'm sorry, folks. I know that probably didn't come out all that great. I did my best to make that as clear as possible. It is very confusing. So it, don't. It feel is very lost. confusing. But I, I I feel comfortable that I understand it i don't feel comfortable that i convey that in a way that everyone else can understand it unfortunately the vast majority of people still don't understand it so yeah so yeah well folks i i really (laughs) i really tried for you back there all right let's take a quick break to talk about our wonderful patrons which hey i met uh i met uh rm prov uh after the the celtics game on friday he comes up he's like i'm a i'm a patron i'm like who are you he's like are improv. I'm like, oh, what's going on, man? I got to to talk with him and and meet his lovely family. So, uh, if you guys see us in person, like, please come up and and say what's up. It's always so much fun, uh, to to meet you guys. Uh, but our patrons are the folks that financially support the show and it help make everything that we do possible. You guys made it possible for Luke and I to go to that in season tournament game, and it was a, a ton of fun. So, thank you guys for that. Uh, if you want to join in on on the fun and the love and the support and you want to be one of our patrons, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We shout out our brand new patrons every time that we have them. We do have a brand new patron this week who joined at our all-star level, Mr. Get Stuffed, which is just a hilarious name. Like Get Stuffed, like you're probably talking, it's probably like a, you know, Stuff the Magic Dragon reference, but like getting, like Get Stuffed, like if you know Luke and I, like we just, you know, we're 15 year olds and couldn't help a uh, giggle True. at that a little bit, but but get stuffed. Uh, welcome to the Patreon. Hope you uh, join our Discord community as well. You should have uh, full access to that. Um, if you're not familiar with Discord, it's an awesome like chat platform where we get to talk to our patrons like quite literally twenty four seven because we have a lot of international patrons and usually they're they're talking through the night. Um, but yeah, if you have a Discord account, you just have to link that to your Patreon account and you'll instantly get access to our Discord community. So again, if you're uh, interested in any of that, you can find us at uh, patreon.com slash the six man show. And then we give a special shout out to all of our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons on each episode. And as always, we'll go ahead and start with the court cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch Dave, who a uh, shout out uh, to Donkey Punch Dave. We were able to give away a, a couple of awesome Magic tickets on the post game live Sunday night. Paolo and Franz's warmth, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Drum, Drummy, Drumble D, switched it up on me there, Danimal, Dotto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Bill Fulton, Emin Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty, Mr. TV, ESPN, Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freakin, Shahin 177, Bobby the Don, Himlo, Ben Himro, R Improv 221, Ray Pastrana, Spanking Season Soft Taco, Victor Cologne, Iris Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, Rub Sal, Case and Green, Santi Leon, Kane Eckler, The Distract, and Ahmad Timsa. 
a big shout out to our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons and all of our patrons. If you would like to be one of our patrons, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Now, Luke, heading into Sunday night, the Hornets game, like you and I alluded to earlier, this was a game that you expected the Magic to win. And this is, you know, the 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 classic, you know, quote unquote trap game. You know, a team you're riding high, you're on a on a win streak, got a team that hasn't been spectacular this season coming into your building. And it's easy sometimes to look ahead of those teams and and just mark it down as a W on your schedule. I don't think that's ha- that's what happened with the Magic, Luke. But the Magic were were not uh, you know exactly sp- spectacular themselves in this game. Charlotte shoots sixty eight percent in the the first quarter, just not a a great defensive quarter from the Magic. But the Magic respond with a nineteen to four run in the second quarter. And then unfortunately, uh, after a LaMelo ball uh, layup attempt, he and Paolo sort of get tangled up uh, late in the second quarter. Before they make contact, however, LaMelo, you can see on the the replay in slow-mo, he sort of tweaks that left ankle a little bit as he lands. Uh, Paolo was a little bit slow to get up, but LaMelo stayed down for you know at least a minute or so as the ball went the other way. Uh, he left the game, did not end up coming back. Late in the first quarter, or the, the the first half rather, Goga you know gets this this pass that's kind of tipped, ends up finding Franz cutting back door on a buzzer beater to end the first half. Magic had a four point lead going into uh, halftime. Magic have a seven to one run to start the the third quarter, and just want to talk a little bit about Franz in that third quarter. It was five of seven from the floor. Uh, started this game, I think it was nine for nine from the field, had 11 points in the third. He was fouled, I believe it was by PJ Washington in the second quarter. He was came up sort of like rubbing his back, but then just started like kind of shaking his head. And that's when Franz like went on a tear, you know, made his next nine field goal attempts. Again, 11 points for Franz in that third quarter, just absolutely lighting up the Hornets. Great run from Franz there. And then the Magic go on a, a late fourth quarter run. Hornets were were sort of making it a, a little bit of a game there. Magic end up, you know, extending the lead and, and getting the win uh, pretty comfortably in the end, one thirty to one seventeen. Wasn't the prettiest win, Luke. Sometimes you just should beat the teams that you should beat. Uh, what I found interesting is that uh, because you know no Jonathan Isaac in this game, uh, the Magic went to Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Caleb Houston. Franz and Paolo Bancaro, the small ball lineup to close this one out, Luke. Again, not the prettiest win, not the best defensive performance, but you've got to be happy to extend the win streak to seven and and just get a win against Charlotte at home. And coming into this game, you know, you alluded to it in terms of my perspective on it, but the Hornets had won, you know, winners of two straight. They, Terry Rozier was back after being out for, I think, eight or nine games. Obviously, the one who shall, shall not be named. Uh, Voldemort. Yep. He he is uh, in this back in this lineup for the Hornets. The the criminal uh, woman beater who shouldn't yes. be in the NBA. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, him. So, and unfortunately, he is good at basketball, so he plays a part in these teams' wins that they've been getting as of late and the success they've been seeing. So... There was the, no way God was going to let the Hornets be Jonathan Isaac's <laughs> team. There was no way, no way, not happening. So there was there was a lot of reason that the Magic could have overlooked the Hornets. 
listen, to be quite honest, if it wasn't for the win streak, I wasn't super pumped about this matchup. But I understood that this is a game you can overlook and lose sight of and essentially lose this game. Thankfully, that does not happen. But I will say, LaMelo Ball, praying for a speedy recovery for you. But I also will say, if this train keeps going down the track that it's going, I hope our people are talking to your people and maybe we can work something out because I'll do anything for a guy that shoots nine threes a game and almost at a 39% clip. And that's not just because it's been only 14 games this year. This is a guy that's able to do that in large sample sizes too. He's been doing it his, basically his whole career. So already made an all-star team. Can't stay healthy though. Can't stay healthy, but some would say that means he fits in. Anyway, uh, LaMelo Ball, uh, he's he's great. Anyway, um, in this game, the Magic just like very impressive to me after you have that 33 to 25 first quarter. Once again, you score 36 in that second. And you don't really look back at that point. And this team showed maturity. Because much like these games we've talked about where you're playing against great teams and it comes down when push comes to shove, you ended up basically just falling over and losing games like this team did in the past. In this game, this is a game the Magic lose. And what I mean by that is that it's a game you should have went won. And that's the challenge. That's what good teams do. That's what great teams do. They beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. And then obviously you're going to go along the way and you're going to win those matchups against great teams. Sometimes you're going to lose them, whatever. But this is the game you usually would lose. Riding high, the team that you're definitely supposed to be coming to this one, favored by like six and a half. Just super impressive for this team to just put the, the you know their, their foot to the floor, hit the gas and win this game running away after that that second quarter. Real quick, no nipples tonight. What's up? You know, if it was a caliber team like the like the Nuggets and the Celtics, the nips would have been out, and you wouldn't have been able to stop me. Out of I, would, respect, I wouldn't have wanted to. Out of respect, I kept them out of the last episode. You know, just basically did just above that higher for last episode. For those on YouTube, you're welcome from that game on uh, that last episode. But uh, yeah, no no nips tonight. But um, I know you all wish there was. There's not. However, potential, if the Magic do extend a win streak to 10, franchise best win streak. Y'all might see my nipples, too. Wow. What a time, Um, huh? It might be a a topless six-man show episode if we hit 10. I I can't can't promise anything. Topless and tassels. Yeah. I don't know. One of us has to, you know, have some dignity or... Some something like that. Maybe I don't know. Maybe not that night though. Maybe, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, <laughs> you you mentioned the six and a half. It's like last like five six games now. The Magic have have covered the spread. Yeah, we're doing pretty well right now. If you're betting on the Magic lately, you're you're doing pretty uh, well for yourself. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to. Um. Oh dang, they already. You looked that up. I want to talk really quickly yeah. about uh, a couple of guys like looking at the box score from this game. Franz Wagner, 11 for 15 from the floor, 2 of 3 from behind the arc, 30 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 
Cole Anthony off the bench, 30 points, 9 of 16 from the floor, 11 of 12 at the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a block. And I have a great stat for you all. Mm. This is from Orlando Muse on Twitter. Cole Anthony in the win against the Hornets, 30 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 1 block. There's only one other player that has ever had that stat line or better off of the bench. It's Cole Anthony, and it's Magic freaking Johnson. <laughs> Pretty good game for Cole Anthony. Just fantastic in this one. And then Paolo Bancaro, 23 points, 9 of 18 from the floor, 2 of 5 from behind the arc. Paolo Bancaro is just a legitimate three-point shooter now. Had seven rebounds, eight assists, and two steals. Just like absolutely fantastic performance from the guys. And give a little bit of love to, to Goga, 11.7 rebounds. Jalen Suggs, another super efficient night, 12 points, five of nine from the floor, two of five from behind the arc, five rebounds, an assist, a steal, and two blocks. Getting it done on both ends. Just great players being great players. Sunday night. I don't mean to do this. Paolo Bancaro obviously off to an incredible start from three. Do you remember when Aaron Gordon started off a season absolutely red hot? He was shooting like 46, 47% from three. And this might have been like four, five seasons ago. Don't do that because I <laughs> like Paolo is already like an infinitely better shooter than Aaron Gordon ever was in Orlando. Like Paolo actually can knock down like mid range jumpers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Then I think AG ended up shooting like 35, 34.9% from three yeah, that not, year. Nah, Paolo, but this man just put Aaron Gordon and Paolo Bancaro in the same conversation. Paolo Bancaro is already better than Aaron Gordon ever was. Paolo Bancaro was better day one in Orlando than Aaron Gordon ever was this, in Orlando. This was this was not at all a I'm just Paolo saying, that AG was so thing. disrespectful, bro. It was not disrespectful. It's just a scenario I think of. Wild. You're such Cause, a pessimist. Because Paolo Bancaro is not going to shoot 45% from three. We know that. I know he hope, is. That man right, is. It's a small... This is, listen, I, did, I am only not doing this because I did it with AG. And I was like, wow, Aaron Gordon might be shooting 43% once this year's over or something crazy. He ends up shooting 34%. So I'm not doing this again. Paolo Bancaro hopefully can be like a 37% three-point shooter when this year is said and done. If he continues staying at low, as as low a volume as he is, which is like three a game, I think, maybe just under that, he can be a 38, 39% three-point shooter, in my opinion. 45, not going to happen. But he has been awesome. Keeping that volume low will help a lot. It is just nice to see him get an open three, him step into it with confidence, and knock it down. Now, what I'm excited for more mm-hmm. than like him shooting 45% is when teams realize the clip he's shooting it out right now on catch and shoots and the hard closeouts start. Because yeah. once the hard closeouts start, blown by. It's, it's game over. That's yeah, when the hard the closeouts offense. start. If Even if he's taking less threes, we're going to see the points per game start to go up because that's going to be more free throws, more shots at the rim. Like, that's that's gonna, gonna be send scary. the defense into a scramble immediately. Yeah, yeah that that one. And what that a is, playmaker the kid is becoming! It's really really gross. Yeah, in the best way. You said that tonight on social media. You if you said that you know it's some becoming quickly becoming the most underappreciated part of Palo's game. And it's the truth. I mean, when you're an absolute unit who can score the basketball like Palo Bencaro can and can now apparently make three pointers. 
and also is automatic for mid-range, it feels like most of the time, it's easy to overlook. But to this point, you know, he's averaging over four assists a game. And at six foot ten, I don't know what the numbers are on six foot ten guys averaging more than like close to four and a half. He's at four point four according to basketball reference, but I don't know that this is updated. How many games have we played? We've played seventeen. Okay, so this isn't updated. Um yeah, it's seven see. assists tonight, so it might have taken he had like a eight small according jump, to ESPN.com, but I think you're obviously I'm always NBA. NBA.com. So it's seven or eight, probably seven. So his number is going to go up even more. He might be at four and a half assists per Which, game. By the way, can we get the NBA and ESPN on the same page? To figure like, it out. It's 2023, almost 2024. Yeah, you would think. But I would love to see a list of like six, 10 or taller guys averaging four and a half assists per game. We'll see. We'll see what what uh what it is, but yeah, Paolo is just awesome. Obviously, he has those younger player turnovers where it's just like a split second too late, or you know, right idea, poor execution. He has those still. He has the ball in his hands a lot as well, averaging over three turnovers a game to this point. But he is figuring it out when it comes to playmaking. And he talked about it. It's been one of the things that he's really been been speaking on. And he did recently, a couple of weeks ago, where he talked about, like, last season, I wasn't that sure how to handle these these double teams or just different looks, different guys getting thrown at me. But now I'm figuring it out. And he is absolutely doing that. I want to shed some light on, on Jalen Suggs and Franz mm-hmm. Wagner. I mean, we were always shedding light on Jalen Suggs, but I, I still don't feel like he's getting the the credit and love that he deserves once on the, def- you know, on one side, like the defensive end, but what he's been doing offensively, especially as of late is like really, really special small sample size, but I, I just, it does feel like Jalen has figured something out, especially like getting downhill and getting to the rim. Well, let's talk about Jalen and, and then we'll talk about Franz. So Jalen in the last six games, averaging 13 points per game, on eight and a half field goal attempts, he's shooting 51%. On 4.2 three-point attempts, he's shooting 40%. And he's shooting almost 89% from the line. Three and a half rebounds, 2.7 assists, a steal and a half. Like the just like Jalen, he did it tonight against Charlotte. Did it uh, a, a few games ago. Was it against Denver? I want to say it was, or was it against Toronto? It was probably against Toronto. He did it uh, a few games ago. Like it, it's just it's happening all the time now. Where like the Magic are getting off to good starts at the beginning of games because Jalen is having like seven points in the first quarter or nine points in the first quarter or eleven points in the first quarter, and when he's knocking down threes, it just opens up the rest of the offense. And then he's able to get like dribble penetration, and he had the the huge find to Goga in the second half the other night against the Celtics, like. Jalen Suggs is becoming like a legitimate two-way guy. And it's just been awesome to see. He has. And listen, it's gotten to the point where he gets the ball to the three-point line. I have confidence he's going to knock it down. His catch-and-shoot numbers, I don't know what they are. But his catch-and-shoot numbers have to be a lot better, maybe just as of late on this win streak. But they've got to be way better than we saw in the last couple seasons. There's no doubt about it. Because, I mean, he's just been awesome from three. Like I said, a lot of times, too, you, like your brain 
is it, you're able to have like that intuition of like by the eye test I know that this is the case I know it's the case that Jalen Suggs is shooting better on catching three as of late than he ever has maybe in his life I don't know but in college that was the knock that he wasn't a great catch and shoot uh, three-point shooter he more was he was better off the dribble which is not usually the case at all but he I've just been very very confident in his ability to shoot the three lately he gets the ball he's wide open from three I'm like oh it's going in and sure enough he strokes it so stroke that thing Cuzzo Jalen Suggs he's just he's electric I'm having a I know it's on NBA.com I'm having a difficult time like narrowing it down uh, as we talk here on the podcast right now, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm pulling up uh, Jalen Suggs just stats for the entire season. You know, it's a small sample size, but I feel like even if we look at him on the year yet yeah, on the year, he's at 43 and a half percent from the floor, 36% from behind the arc, which is where we talked about Jalen Suggs needing to be. If he's going to be in the lineup, obviously his hot shooting as of late is helping those numbers come up a little bit. But like Jalen Suggs is, has just been incredible. Like there's there's no other way to put it. For large stretches of this season, he's been the Magic's like third or fourth best player. Like he and Cole Anthony, like Cole obviously with a huge offensive impact, you know, especially as of late. Jalen with the the defense and like you know late game plays and you know knocking down shots and getting the team off to good starts. Like you could argue either one of those guys, seventeen games through the season have been the Magic's third best player. And another thing to add to catch and shoot last year, Jalen Suggs was 34.8%. And this year he's almost at 39% on catch and shoot threes. So checks out. And I think that that's only going to continue to get better as he has been way better on this win streak from, from three. And I'm assuming on catch and shoot, he's got to be over 40. Yeah. He right now catch and shoot threes. 38.6% 38.6% looking on NBA.com. I think you yeah. just said that, but uh total catch and shoot, he's on 40. So, I mean, I guess that brings into, you know, like mid range or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Paolo Bancaro, by the way, 45.8% on catch and shoot threes this year. Just that's insane. And, and like incredibly fantastic at a, at a Paolo. And then let's talk about Franz because Franz is a guy who like, especially with the efficiency has struggled so far, like to start the year. I don't think that's a surprise for anyone. He just he's been scoring, but he's you know he's had some nights where it was like twenty six shot attempts, and just not the same efficient Franz that we're accustomed to. Last seven games during this win streak, he's averaging twenty point six points per game. He's shooting fifty percent from the floor, still shooting twenty two point six from behind the arc, which is not great, um, but fifty percent from the floor in the last seven games. And I think if I'm correct, the Magic are now seven and one in games this year where Franz scores at least twenty points. Efficiency be efficiency be damned. Franz scores twenty plus points. The Magic are winning games right now. Yeah, yeah, and he's doing it very well. Obviously, during this win streak, which helps that number and that record. But it, yeah, fifty percent is what we were more used to. I don't know what he was shooting in the prior years. Probably 48, 49, 48 and a half. Uh, last year, yeah. 46.8 is rookie year, and he's up to 45.2% this year where he was under 40% for a good chunk to start the year. Yeah, so he's making the climb back up there, maybe getting his legs up back under him finally after leading his team to a, a gold medal. So 
Franz Wagner, welcome back. It's nice to have you back, even if the, the perimeter numbers aren't great right now. I just don't I just don't care. The team's winning. Like you said, just score twenty points and apparently we're gonna win. Everybody's shooting the ball super well lately. Like you look at Cole Anthony, last seven games, forty five percent from the floor, thirty eight percent from behind the arc. Mo Wagner's like at like sixty percent the last seven games. J.I. 58% the last seven games, like magic, you know, offensively. And we talked about the jump in offensive rating just in the last week from 25th to 15th in the league now. And that's for the whole season. That's not just the, the, the past you know, week that we're talking about. In one week to jump 10 uh, spots in offensive rating is a, is a pretty big deal. So the magic are slowly but surely figuring things out. And I'm, I'm going to steal this and I apologize because I don't remember who said it on Twitter. If you're out there, like, Big credit, and I really, really apologize that I'm I'm saying this, but I, I'm telling you all, I did not come up with this. The fact that the Magic are winning games, and it's because they're like playing really well defensively. They have third best rating, uh, defensive rating in the NBA right now, and they're not just like having this incredibly hot like offensive streak. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're not shooting particularly well in some of these games and still winning is a really, really big deal. Like that's like that it shows you that this team is for real. Will they come back a little bit down to earth offensively? Sure, but you're not necessarily going to be blowing out Toronto and, and Indiana and Boston all the time. But like this team is for real, and we're just having a ton of fun right now. Basketball is, everybody knows, the way you win the games is you put the ball in the basket. The way you do that, you give yourself more opportunities to put said ball in said basket. The magic defensively have been able to do that night in and night out just to get simply get more shots than the other team up and the rest will figure itself out. I think it was one of those Chicago games. I don't remember exactly, but there was definitely a game this year where the magic shot a hundred field goals and the opposing team shot 80. So just simply wreaking havoc, causing turnovers, getting the hands on the basketballs, Getting out and running is what this Magic team is doing. Their, their identity is in that simply getting more shots than the other team is what that's allowing them to do. And as a young team, that is definitely needed because you are going to have slumps. You are going to have times where you're not shooting the ball super well. This team, like I said at the beginning, sticking to the identity, winning basketball games. It was Toronto. We had 100 field goal attempts. They had 75. That's pretty, that's something. That's anything. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. All right, Luke, let's go ahead and take a look at the week ahead before we close out the show. A couple of days off. Magic haven't had two days off, I think, uh, I think all season long, if I'm not mistaken here. So they don't play again until Wednesday uh, at home versus Washington. You've got Washington twice at home this week on Wednesday. And then on Friday, both those games are going to tip off at 7 o'clock. And then on Saturday, uh, the, the six-game you know, homestand will come to an end. Magic will be in Brooklyn to take on the Nets on Saturday. Washington, so far to start the season, they have been terrible. Right now, they are 23rd in offensive rating. They are 30th in defensive rating, the worst defensive team in the league. And if I take a look at Washington's schedule, they're 2-14. and 14. Magic need to and should win both of those games. And then at Brooklyn, they're 9th in offensive rating, but 22nd in defensive rating as we saw in the first in-season tournament game potentially a you know 
potent offensive attack from them, uh, but you should be able to score on the Brooklyn Nets, and you know it shouldn't be a you know twenty plus point blowout or whatever it was the last time that we took on uh, the uh, the the Nets. I'm pulling up the NBA standings now, and the Nets are eight and eight. So let's beat teams that we should beat. You you could argue you know like yeah the Magic have been red hot. Should they beat Brooklyn? Like. If they lose to Brooklyn, probably doesn't feel like it's the end of the world. It's a, a road game. The streak has got to end at some point, Luke. But screw it. The Magic are breaking the the franchise record this week in, in the longest win streak in franchise history. The, the Magic have never won 10 games in a row in franchise history, and it happens this week, man. They're going 3-0. I'm glad you have us 3-0. How uh, dare you, bro? I know. Do but... not kill the vibe right now. I know, but here's the thing. Nine is the longest win streak in franchise history. And it hasn't just been done once. It's been done three times. For whatever reason, teams of the past in Orlando Magic history have had a hard time getting that 10th one. Unfortunately, I think Brooklyn pulls that one off. I think the Magic go 2-1 and one this week. Brooklyn has a really... Easy schedule, relatively speaking, this week. Raptors on Tuesday, Hornets on Thursday. Then they've got us. So I think that just like us, they're probably going to spend their week kind of beating up on teams, most likely. Hopefully they lose to that to Toronto on Tuesday. But like I said, they've got the Hornets on Thursday. And we just got to hope that uh, that that we can break the, the magic winning streak curse of not being able to get over nine wins in a row. But uh, I... I'm going to say the Magic go 2-1. and one. What I'll say, so I think the last team that, that got close, it was that you know 2010, 2011 yeah. team, if I'm not mistaken. That team had championship aspirations. This Magic team, not yet. They, they don't have championship aspirations yet. Like This is not a team that's like, oh, we need to be contending for a title this year. So I think this is a Magic team who small pockets throughout the year they're giving themselves certain goals. Like in-season tournament was definitely a, a big goal, right? That Denver game, definitely a big goal. Celtics team, absolutely a big goal. Dante talked to Franz and Cole post-game Sunday night after the, the Hornets game and was talking about how you guys have won seven in a row. The longest streak ever is nine. You've got Washington coming up twice here. I think the Magic might just be able to circle this week and be like, we did whatever we can do in the in-season tournament at this point. We're not going to worry about that. We have a chance to set a franchise win streak record. As a young team and all the hype that is around this team and sort of just like this new age of the Magic that we've been talking about, I can see them like we just need to go out, go out like all out this weekend and, and break the record, and that's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully. Cole Anthony going after the game tonight didn't know that the Magic – didn't win nine in a row last year. They they won six. So hopefully they they look at the, the week ahead and, and see that they can make history this week. Hopefully they do that by winning their 10th one in a row in Brooklyn and improving to at that point, what would it be like 15 and five or something like that? Three um, more put you at 15 and five, which would be crazy. 15 and five is nuts considering you were literally the opposite last year at, you know, five and 15 at that point, probably. So just, man, this team has a lot to play for this week. Hopefully they don't overlook anybody. 
and they just keep the task at hand, which is just keep winning. Let me ask you this real quick before we go through the the final things to sign off here. Magic go three and zero this week. They break the the franchise win streak record. They're fifteen and five. You might be the number one team in the East at that point. Like there's that's a, a real possibility there. Possible. You might be you know towards the the top of the entire league. I'm pulling up the the standings right now. In Boston, Minnesota are, are both sitting there. Like you go. You go three and zero in this week. You go fifteen and five. There's a chance after this week you have the best record in the NBA. What point do you like the expectation? Like we've talked about on the last episode, like expectations are like are kind of changing, but like not crazy. At what point do we go? Screw it. Let's get home court in the playoffs. I don't know. I'm, my twenty my, and five. Like what would it? What would it take for you to like for that to sink in? I think. As weird as it sounds, I think the win streak would have to stop. Like I would have to see the win streak stop and us like win win two games, lose one, win three games, lose one. You know what I mean? Like it's like once we are done officially riding the hot hand of just what this team has done on the win streak, for whatever reason for me, that's just what it seems like. I at this point, the win streak is great. But I am looking ahead to the point of okay, what does this look like when the team when kind of comes hot. back down to earth, right? Like are you are you doing the same thing you were doing at the beginning of the season? Win two, lose two, or are you winning three, losing two, winning three, losing one, whatever it might be, you know? So I really think I've got to wait till this win streak's over before I can think rationally. Because at this point, I'm like, we're getting home court. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's hard for me to to really put a number on it right now. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. And I have been thinking about that as well. Like, what is the magic? Is this the magic? Like, is is like obviously you're not gonna win every game. But like, are we just going to become, you know, like a 50 win team this year? Like, I, I just, I don't know. Pants off. That'd be crazy. Oh yeah. Like, but if we're not a 50 win team, like at what point would like, when we do come back to earth, what does that look like? Does that still look like the magic winning 40 to 45 games? Or is mm-hmm. that the magic winning 38 or 39 games? And they, we have this great win streak and then they have like a seven or eight game losing streak at some point. Like, what does it look like when? Like, who are we? Is this who we are? I don't know. I hope so. It would be great, but probably not. But like, where are we? Somewhere in the middle, maybe? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I want to sit down, look at the schedule, do the math. That would be a fun exercise, I think. If the I don't magic goes January at all. If the magic go like let's say we do break it on on against Brooklyn on Sunday, I might come in here for next Monday's episode with like, okay. The Magic are fifteen and five. Here's now my my record prediction. Just going through it like we did when the schedule released, and seeing like knowing what I know now about this team, where where can what's a realistic thing? Because at this point, I really don't know. I don't know what the win loss you know the reality is. So I think that would be a fun exercise for my, me to do going into uh, next Monday's episode. All right, let's wrap this one up. A couple of things to talk about again coming up on Friday, December first. Magic take on the Wizards at home. Six fans show outside of Amway after the game. Go find Ben. Next watch party coming up December 15th versus Boston will be at Castaway Sports Bar and Grill at 504 North Alafaya Trail. That party is going to get started at 730. And remember, folks, December 4th or 5th, we're going to potentially possibly have an in-season tournament quarterfinal watch party depending upon whether or not the Magic advance. 
So just keep those dates in mind, keep them circled on your calendar, keep your schedules open. Maybe having a watch party, we don't have any other details right now. As soon as we get them, you will have them. Be sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for those updates as soon as we get them. And then we're going to be doing a playback. If you're listening to this Monday, it's going to be tomorrow, Tuesday at 9 o'clock to watch the second half of the Bulls at Celtics and the Raptors at Nets. So we'll sort of find out, hopefully, what the Magic's in-season tournament fate will be. So be on the lookout for all of that. But that's going to do it for this one. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.